thank you very much, Nadja, for joining us for this chat. And you wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about the film Blonde, which is the the Netflix um, biography of Marilyn Monroe that they launched, launched recently, I think in September. I'm not sure exactly what was the launch date. Uh, they premiered at the Venice Film Festival first, and apparently it was a, a big success. So why why did you want to talk about film in general before we get down to Blonde? Yeah, I'm a film nerd. I'm a filmmaker myself. So I have a film degree. I make films, uh, generally very strange short animations with very low budget. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's all making do with, with, uh, with what I have available. Um, last winter, I won my first uh, prize for a film of mine. I think I won a hundred quid or something like that. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm raking, I'm raking in big money from my, from my uh, artistic career, but yeah, I'm a filmmaker myself, albeit a very uh, uh, small scale uh, one. And uh, I've watched a lot of films. Uh, I constantly watch a lot of films and they occupy a lot of space in my head. What sort of films are you generally into? Yeah, I watch I watch a, a lot of I watch a lot of stuff and sometimes on purpose I watch things that I wouldn't necessarily be into because sometimes they are a, a, a nice surprise and you might you might discover a filmmaker or uh, a genre that that you aren't into. So I'm quite uh, non-discriminatory in the kind of stuff that I'm I'm willing to watch. And I think, to, to be honest, I think I have a sort of hater nature about me because I also always find myself talking more about the things that I don't like than about the things that I like a lot. Uh, I think it's it's the same kind of impulse that makes um, uh, maybe villains in films more compelling uh, because they are better written. And sometimes you have more things to say about something you don't like than about something you like. You know, you can see there are only so many ways you can say this is brilliant to watch it. But um, just like, you know, when in Cyrano, uh, uh, when uh, uh, somebody comes to him and says, you have a big nose and he says, um, th there are 50 different ways where you could have said this more cleverly. And, and yeah, th yeah, th yeah, that's because yeah. <laughs> lately, lately, I haven't watched a lot of new releases. I think that's another problem. I've, I've, I've been on a sort of um, old film noir streak. So I, I watched a lot of movies oh. from the 40s and 50s. Um, yeah, and just kind of taking them off a list of the the best film noirs and and so on. And it's it's a very very specifically codified genre. So they have these conventions that if if you made a film like that nowadays, it would look like a parody. Mm -hmm. But back back then, it was all kind of new and fresh. And it's uh, they're also kind of explicitly films for adults. And I think yeah. that's kind of that's something that is kind of. Uh, missing a bit nowadays you have a lot of uh, kind of big tentpole productions that have a lot of special effects and so on but because they are trying to bring in a lot of money they are more positioned to um, maybe teenagers and uh, more I've been seeing quite a lot of film noir as well because one of the places I work at has been curating um, film noir seasons and I saw for the first time Gaslight I don't know if you managed to watch it, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, Gaslight, Gaslight is brilliant. It's, it's so it's, good. It's the film that originated the term, you know, yeah, which is well, it's kind, it, of a, kind of a big word nowadays. Yeah, Everybody and based uses on it. the book, I think, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and you're right. The thing with film noir is you can't really ever be disappointed. I was looking now at my letterbox diary yeah. to, to remember what I watched lately. That's a, a, a new release. Um, 
I watched Claire Dennis's latest film. Well, I don't know if it's the latest. I think it's the second latest. I think Reddish has a new one. Uh, Both Sides of the Blade, when it was released by Curzon. And I was a bit disappointed by it. So I guess that will go with further disappointments. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't the kind of, you know, like a big, um, a big garbage fire of disappointed. It was more like... Um, I thought I thought it would make me feel something more, and even though I kind of appreciated the craft, and it, it it didn't really I didn't really think about it after it was over. And apart from that, you've seen Blonde, and you weren't impressed. Is the gist of what I got? From <laughs> yeah, you, right? well, I I posted about it on Facebook, and I basically said that it's a three-hour Lana Del Rey video. Uh, as uh, directed by the press manager of the Coalition for Families, which is kind of an in-joke between Romanians because the Coalition for Families is a sort of a strongly American-funded conservative organization that is uh, oh. very involved in in a, a lot of a lot of the film is uh, uh, a, a big plot point is abortion and uh, you know it's. Uh, but it, it the film takes a very specific position on how on how they feel about that. I think, right? Sport, we're going to say just we're going to. So we're going to assume that people, yeah, that people, that people have, have seen the film. It. So yeah, so the shots, the many shots. A, yeah, it's a, a it's, babe, a big baby who's meant. To be it's it's actually it's actually a, a very ridiculous film. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's very ridiculous film. It's very silly in a way. There are these scenes of. Um, so Marilyn Monroe is uh, pregnant several times throughout the film, and every time she has either an abortion or an accidental miscarriage, and uh, her fetus speaks to her. And we see the fetus. It is a CGI creation that looks like a fully term baby, actually. So it shouldn't look like that because it, she's only a few weeks into knowing she's pregnant. But anyway, those are scientific details. This is art. Let's not bother with accuracy. She's talking to the fetus and the fetus says, mommy, this time don't hurt me. And she says, but that was a different fetus. And the fetus says, no, it was also me. It's always me. And then uh, she comes to bring um, Arthur Miller a sandwich or something, I think, and she trips and loses this fetus as well. So it's it's obviously it's horrible. You know, I I don't want it to make it sound like I'm making light of miscarriage. Or it's it's a horrible topic, but because it is executed in such a ridiculous way, I wasn't able to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. But also, you can't really laugh at it either because the context is so grim. So it's not like it's it's not going to be. Uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe version of the room or something, something that you can look at, look at and say, oh, this is terrible, but look how entertaining it is. Uh, it's 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 very silly, but in a way that doesn't really, you can't really enjoy. Yeah, uh, and you do feel like there is a sort of implicit condemnation of her abortion, isn't there? Because you do feel when she has the miscarriage, which happened in real life, what the director's saying is, well, that's kind of the price you pay for having had the abortion. You know what I mean? If if did feel yeah, yeah, like, she, she's being punished. She's being so punished, she had yeah. an, she had an abortion, and then that means she's being punished with not being able to have a child when she wants it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 quite moralistic in that way, and also obviously, I I I'm not the Marilyn Monroe scholar, but I've I've 
done some quick research on the topic, and there isn't really any actual evidence that she had any abortions. Uh, it is known that she had problems keeping pregnancies because she had endometriosis. So that was in the public, that was public knowledge that, that she had, she suffered several miscarriages. But I think it's almost, it's even disrespectful, you know, to, to her because she was a real person to say uh, this happened to her because she had an abortion, which is something that is made up by the the, the screenwriters and the and the filmmakers in this case. Uh, but maybe in, main, yeah, that was your main main issue with the film. Yeah, it, that it was number one. <laughs> yeah, that's number one. And uh, another one was that um, I think they're trying to kind of have it both ways because um, uh, obviously the the connection between her life and the film. Um, the film relies very heavily on her. So it's her name. There are um, several scenes that are very iconic from her um, from her portfolio. We have, you know, the iconic pink dress scene from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. We have the scene of her singing I Want to Be Loved by You from um, uh, Some Like It Hot. So these the, the dress, uh, you know, flowing over the the the, the, the grate from, from the seven-year age. So these are all images that everybody kind of has burned into their brain about Marilyn Monroe. Even if you've never watched a Marilyn Monroe movie, you, you see that and, mm-hmm. you know, it's her. So they're they're not only recreating that in some sequences she's the the actress Anna Darmas is digitally inserted into footage from the actual films so it's uh Marilyn Monroe's co-star Tony Curtis and he's talking to Anna Darmas made up as Marilyn Monroe so they can't really say it's not about Marilyn Monroe They, they are relying very very heavily on her name recognition and the image recognition to sell their film but on the other hand it is not really an accurate story of her life Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a very big plot point is the fact that she's in this kind of menage a trois with uh, the son of Charlie Chaplin and the son of Ed Robinson Jr., who were also um, kind of, they they bond over their daddy issues, and then they have like this sort of uh, uh, loving trio, except then they betray her, and this, this is a very big part of the movie, so I would say it is part of what motivates Marilyn in this film, I say maybe a, a solid half of it is daddy issues and the rest is attachment to these two men. But that, that did not exist in real life at all. Like it, it just didn't happen. It's something that is completely made up for the story. So if, it's, if the film is not really about Marilyn Monroe as a real person, What's the point of it being about Marilyn Monroe, except for the fact that it attracts attention for the project? Because you can argue, and I've seen uh, Mark Kermode's review of the film, uh, and uh, he was being very thoughtful about it. And he said, you know, this is like a horror movie. It's a, a, Don't look at it as a biopic. It's a horror movie. It's the story of a woman who suffered horribly, and it's very Lynchian in what it attempts to do. And it's it's an, it's an, it's a night, living nightmare for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you approach it like that, you understand what it's doing. But um, uh, for that, it didn't have to be about Marilyn Monroe. Uh, it, it could have been about... Um, there were so many actresses in in the Hollywood Golden Age and before and after and nowadays, you know, the stories with Harvey Weinstein. There were so many actresses who were kind of chewed up and spat out by Hollywood, and they were abused, and they had to deal with you know the casting couch and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And many of them are forgotten. I would say the majority of them are forgotten. So um, 
And I, I talked about uh, one of them that I, I haven't seen in any film. I found about her from a podcast. Uh, I wrote about it on my Romanian blog. There was an actress called Carol Landis. Yeah. Uh, um, and she had her her sort of life story, the, the main outline of it, was actually quite similar to Marilyn Monroe. So she also died very young. She had some unfortunate love affairs. Um, she got into acting via cheesecake photo shoots, um, uh, she changed her name, dyed her hair blonde. So it, she 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 dealt with um, uh, a lot of um, these kind of studio relationships that you had to work your way through uh, to uh, to um, to get the opportunities. And it 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 you could almost you could almost make a film called Blonde that is about her and change yeah. very little. But she's not a big star. So it wouldn't be interesting to make a film about her from a financial point of view. No, no, she uh, faded into obscurity. Um, I don't know enough about her career to know why and and you know to to know the end of it. Uh, but I only know of her through um, just working in film programming and curating, and you can just come across yeah, names like yeah, that. and she, and she's just one of them. So yeah. Uh, there are so many. There was there was an actress who threw herself off the H in the Hollywood sign, and that's her only claim to fame in the thirties. Yeah, and it, it, there are so there are so many so many uh, victims of the Hollywood system, and I think actually part of Marilyn Monroe's appeal for a story like that is that she did succeed. So she had a, a, a very difficult life and an early death, but she did become an international icon, and I think there is a. And, and she pushed back against the system to a degree. She started her own production company, uh, something for which was she was mocked a lot in the press of the time. A lot of people were saying, oh, look at her. She thinks she can be a serious actress. She thinks she can make art movies and so on. But that is an actual thing that 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 happened. So I think there is a, a bit of maybe even even wanting to see her as more tragic than she actually was because she was so iconic. There, there is something about her her iconic status that is upsetting, and it is appealing to to kind of degrade <laughs> in a way yeah. that it wouldn't be for somebody who is already forgotten. No, no, and there's a sense. I mean, I only came to know of her work, not her, because obviously she's iconic, and I just knew who she was. But the image I had was of a fundamentally stupid woman. And that's, I feel like the, the image that was created of her and it does her a huge disservice. And I, I feel like, you know, as I grew older anyway, I felt like that was very much a sign of like the pure misogyny of the system um, and not a reflection on her at all. Um, but having said that, the film's an adaptation of the, um, uh, Joyce Carol Oates, uh, Carol, God, I forgot her name now. Sorry, Carol, Joyce Carol Oates. Oh, Joyce Carol Oates, yes, yes. Yeah. The book is uh, also called Blonde. Yeah. I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much of it was kept, but uh... yeah, that's that's yeah. Neither have I. That's that's why it would be interesting to see how much of it was the director's responsibility and choice, and how much of it was he could get away with by saying, "Well, I just enjoy this novel and I wanted to adapt it visually." Um, yeah, but it would be interesting to see why with the justification behind the novel, because the novel is also a fictionalized version of her life. It's not true to what happened. Um, and I don't know if you if you've read anything about why that was written in the first place. 
No, I haven't. I haven't read the novel, and I think it's to, to be honest. I'm not going to give the the writer a pass just you know because uh, she she's a woman. This is not a feminist <laughs> feminist thing. Um, it's it's possible that she may also have taken an exploitative approach. This is at this point, I'm thinking maybe there need to be to be no more films about Marilyn Monroe <laughs> because there is it's it's almost like a sort of parasite approach. I think that that is reflected in like a lot of people probably that spoke to her for five minutes then wrote a book about it and so on. It's it's a bit much, and uh, it's. Um, if you want to make a, a product with artistic integrity, I think you need to think about whether it's necessary for it to be about Marilyn Monroe. Because I, re- I don't know if this is true, but I read that apparently Twin Peaks start- started as a Marilyn Monroe uh, biography. Uh, so right. the, the kind of, yeah, so initially it was based on her life, you know, the blonde victim that everybody's fascinated with. And then as the project developed, it moved away from that. And that was a very wise decision. <laughs> Because wow, I'm struggling to see the link because the film well, actually, right? yeah, the well, actually, film. yeah, I think, I think actually, if with Blonde, you can kind of they are trying to do a, a David Lynch sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and she she's very she's very much a victim in the film. There, she's not doing anything apart from crying and being sad and being abused by various people. She has one scene in which she's angry. And that that's that's about the extent of her character. And I also thought it was interesting that the actress um, is doing the same kind of, um, you know, in 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 the in some of the films that Marilyn Monroe has acted in, she's doing this kind of oh hey voice. But that's that's not her only voice. She doesn't talk like that in all her films, mm-hmm. and she didn't necessarily talk like that, you know, when she was not in the film. But in in the movie Blonde, Marilyn Monroe talks like that all the time, regardless of who she's talking to. She's talking like that yeah. to her lovers, yeah. to her mother. So she she's never she is never not that silly blonde character from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes or whatever. Except there is no levity to it. You know, there is no. It's it's that character kind of taken and completely abused and. Whatever you can think about her her acting skills, it is very obvious that she is trying to do a different performance in different films. So you know that mm-hmm. was not her personality. She was not you know Lorelai from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. No, it takes and it just takes away a lot from her as a human being and the agency she might have had as a woman. Um, it yeah, there's something very kind of demeaning about the way she's portrayed in films about her. What did you make of um, My Week with Marilyn? Did oh yeah, that I, I remember a... that. I saw. I saw. I think that sort of. I think the story in itself, uh, which was based on somebody's book, I yeah, think. It's true. It yeah, was kind of like true it was kind of like the same kind of mercenary impulse. Like I spoke to her for a bit, and now this is a big story. But I thought the yeah the the portrayal was um it was it was Michelle Williams, wasn't it? She it was, was yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, and she didn't she didn't she she didn't really look like Marilyn Monroe or sound like Marilyn. But it was it was a compelling story. In the sense, in the sense that I enjoyed the film and I thought that it, it was a good story, uh, I didn't necessarily think of Marilyn Monroe, and maybe that's better. You know, may- maybe it's better if you don't uh, if you don't expect if you don't expect exact mimicry, because if there is exact mimicry, then maybe you also have a duty to reproduce the reality more closely. I yeah. don't know. No, I think you're right. I think I'm trying to, I saw the film at the cinema and I can't quite remember her portrayal because the focus wasn't really on representing her, really. It was about yeah. the, the main uh, the main character. 
and how he felt about that whole journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was about him. It was a coming yeah. of age story of a young man. It was about him, and Marilyn Monroe was this kind of, uh, you know, kind of magical figure that that he, he interacted with, uh, yeah, in a way. That's it. Um, and I think the only bit that stuck with me was when she's performing for Laurence Olivier and he uh, keeps having a go at her and insulting her acting and losing his shit with um, her various acting coaches and so on. And Oh yeah, her acting that, coaches. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was a big part of the story. Yeah, but, so you know, Marilyn Monroe did care a great deal about acting. She That was a big deal in her yeah, life. Yeah, but am I right in thinking it did portray her as a as a basically quite a crap actress was the kind of the take home message but it wasn't entirely the idea was it wasn't entirely her fault it was because of all these coaches that was telling her yeah it was the sort of they, they were sort of they were convincing her to 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 do something that she she wasn't uh, necessarily suited to I think yeah. that was yeah that was what the, the, yeah I, I I'm starting to I'm starting to remember it now yeah. But yeah, this this was something this was I think this was the contemporary perception as well. She was kind of mocked in her in, during her lifetime for for wanting to break out of that sort of blonde bimbo character that she was doing and trying to make more serious films. She said she didn't want to do so many musical comedies and so on. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can take that seriously. You can make fun of it, but you can't say it didn't exist uh, uh, if, if you're if you're trying to make a, a biography. I think in in, in Blonde, the, the main character's attitude towards acting seems like she's being dragged from here to there by different people. You know, yeah. like the studios are dragging her from here to there, um, forcing her to do all sorts of things. But she doesn't really she's not really um she doesn't really care about the 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 film side of her life. She doesn't care about yeah. being an actress. I I thought so. You, you know, there's that scene at the premiere of Gentlemen Prefer Blondes in the mm -hmm. film where she's watching herself on screen and she's thinking, "This is what you killed your child for." <laughs> Obviously, we go back to the whole <laughs> yeah, abortion yeah. Uh, plot point of it. But yeah, you know, and I'm she... surprised. I'm surprised that wasn't picked up on more. And when I was I glanced at reviews that's not something that was mentioned it was mostly about exploiting her tragedy etc and I was quite surprised that that wasn't picked on as something that's either very ridiculous or quite offensive I think it's it's both things it's both quite ridiculous yeah, and well, quite yeah. offensive <laughs> and I think the the filmmakers had this story that they wanted to tell which uh and they kind of slotted her into the story it wasn't like they started with uh, they necessarily engaged with her legacy, or it. It, it, it was. Uh, they know what they they knew what they want that what they had in mind about about who she was, and then they they uh, they built the story around that, which was that you know she was um, a person who was very severely mentally damaged early mm -hmm. in life, and then uh, the, the the most significant thing about thing about her is her suicide the director said that in an interview for sight and sound that uh you know he doesn't he doesn't really care about any other stuff because his only question about her is uh you know why if she was so pretty and she had it all in the instagram life and so on uh how come she killed herself how come uh, uh, she she ended up in that in that place which is kind of it's well that uh, shows a, a lack of emotional intelligence to not understand something like that really <laughs> you don't have to look for a million reasons 
Yeah, it's, uh, uh, but also brings the question, like, would I have responded to the film differently if I hadn't read all these interviews that made me angry right. in which he was dismissing her work and so on. But I think, you know, the again, the silliness with the CGI fetus and so on, that, that would have been, that would have... And he sort of he sort of angered me, the director, with every choice he makes, because some of them are not necessarily about story. They're about visuals. For example, there's the scene in which he auditions for Don't Bother to Knock. And she has this very emotional moment. And then the men who are sort of the auditional panel, uh, they they dismiss her work. And one of them says, look at look at the ass of that girl or something. And then the image zooms in on her ass. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so so the, at, at that point, you know, the visually you know we are identifying with the person dismissing her we're not identifying with her because we didn't we didn't need to zoom in on her ass when we hear that line yeah yeah that's, that's you you, you can say you know it, that's what it was like and people dismissed her which is absolutely correct probably but what what how are we positioning ourselves in in where is what's what's our point of view mm-hmm. uh yeah and another another thing that was yeah, there was actually a very small detail because uh, I had watched Niagara recently and there's a, a scene where her character dies about halfway through the film because she's not the main character, really. Um, and Blonde sort of reconstructs that scene. But they add. So when she's being killed by her husband in Niagara, he sort of comes towards her with his hands extended like this. And then he obscures her in the frame because he's much taller than her and also um the, the, the way the entire shot is positioned. And then we cut away to a shot of some silent bells and then her body falls on the floor. It's a very kind of abstractly edited scene, obviously because there was a lot of censorship in those times as well. And the reconstruction in Blonde, which is only on screen for a few seconds, when, when he comes to strangle her, we actually see her with his hands around her neck and she's struggling to breathe. And we see her face while she's struggling to breathe. And I thought that was an interesting addition because it's uh, it's not like everybody's going to be that ju- much of a nerd to actually w- play the two films in in, yeah. in parallel and see the difference. So it 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 must have it, it must there must have been a reason why he chose to add more violence in that scene. Yeah. Oh wow. That's well. That's well spotted. Um, that. Thank you very much. We're nearly at the end of our time. So, want to watch or want to avoid? Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it would be hypocritical of me to say as well, don't watch it because I watched it because of the negative hype so that I could rant <laughs> fair, about fair it. Point. Yeah, Thank you so much, Nadia. <laughs> Thanks so much, Abla, for listening to my uh, dive into nerddom. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.